Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zach Shevich, and joining me, he's plastered all over my ofrenda, it's Arturo Zurita. How you guys doing? For those of you who don't know, that's from Coco, the movie that all of you guys should be watching. There was something really interesting about this, and I guess I'll talk about it in my uh, upcoming for the week, but have you heard all the debacle about um, the short, the Olaf short that's like... Three hours and 45 minutes long? (laughs) Yeah. uh, This is the... So Pixar has their habit of putting the short films in front of the feature lengths, which are normally like a four or five minute thing. And this one apparently... Like, it apparently is 20 minutes long, but it's still playing. It's still playing in some theaters. Like, literally, it hasn't done. Some people have yet to see Coco because that's still playing in front of it. But I didn't think it was bad, but I know some people are complaining because of the fact that it's too long it was supposed to be a special the idea that that was there to help coco because coco couldn't do it in and of itself it's weird it's crazy but i think that the dumbest complaint so far that i've heard is i ain't come to watch uh coco for your traditions i came it for mine it's like moron what are you more your movie can't make it unless other people who aren't mexicans come watch your traditions (laughs) let's include yeah let's let's be all inclusive morons Nice to see you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, this is sort of like a, we'll throw a little bit of news into our intro here, uh-huh. but do you hear in all of the hubbub of Coco doing really well? I think it's already the uh, highest grossing Mexican film of all time, a movie in Mexico at least. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it Among the things that have happened in Mexico is a lot of movie theaters there have stopped showing the Olaf short because the people in Mexico just don't Yeah, they really don't want to see it, bro. You want to see the... Some people want to go back and see it more than once. You got to sit there. 21 minutes? That's an extra set of com- uh, trailers you got to watch. Oh, I know that. That's crazy. funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome back to the Intercup podcast. Uh, we are talking about the latest mm-hmm. movies and more as we do every week on this show. In a little bit, we'll talk about the first announcements of year-end awards, as That's well it. as Kevin Feige's big Avengers 4 promises. Ooh. But first, Arturo, we already started talking about mm-hmm. it. What's you watching? Well, y'all know I watch Coco. I have made four videos. Kind of four videos on a movie. Never have like I barely make two on a movie, but I got a two. I haven't even caught up with all of them yet. So I've, I, uh, I've been, I'll put the links below, partially for my own yeah. enjoyment later. Um, so uh, on my new project that I'm working on, let me explain. I got two videos. One should be coming out today. One of them is pretty much just in the Easter eggs. People love them Easter eggs. I worked hard to find all the big ones. Got them all down. Um, nice. And then I have one just, you know, just explain the movie for those of you who don't want to go out to the theaters and deal with that Olaf short maybe. But then on my main channel where I talk about top- topics, there's like two things that really stood out to me. I made one on death. It was, I titled it The Second Death in Coco, which is really funny because I got so many people saying unsubscribed, unsubscribed, spoilers. Which was interesting because my video has nothing to do with the movie. It has to do with an idea I thought of because of the movie. The second thing that was really funny is that when you have a lot of people who complain, it's beautiful because then you really get to see the people who truly appreciate the videos that you make. And mm-hmm. I love how they came in and just practically said, you morons, the movie's about death. <laughs> they're, like, right. they're like, I didn't know anyone died. It's in the trailer. <laughs> do, do you know what Dia de los Huertos <laughs> means? I mean... But I made that video. I know not all of us took Spanish, yeah, but that's pretty uh, rudimentary. Uh, and then I made another one on uh, Coco and the problem with diversity. And gladly, a lot more people actually listened to what I had to say and didn't just comment thinking. I have a lot of ones that said, I thought this video was going to go one way and it went another. And I'm like, yo, I don't care if you don't agree with me. I'm just happy y'all like actually watched the video. Some people don't want to watch the video. So needless to say, I had a lot to say about the movie. I love that all of that's there. So I'll just recommend it and say I... I think it's fantastic animation, a fantastic story, and it's one I, I just saw it again yesterday uh, with my whole family, and it's it's worthy of multiple viewings just for little things like that. But just when the story fully develops and you get that Pixar moment, seeing the whole movie again, knowing what the Pixar moment is, beautiful, highly recommended. How much of the movie did you appreciate because of your own uh, Mexican Shoot. connection, and how much of it did you just appreciate as a film fan? Shoot. So the whole the whole first time that I saw it was just purely on that aspect. I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I know that person. I know that saying. I know those colors. I know, like, all, all of it. The second time was more so just appreciating how they crafted the story. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the beauty of it is that it's both. If There's a reason, like you said, why it's the number one movie ever in Mexico. Because of that, because of the authenticity. Yep. That's exactly why I made the, my most recent video about it. Uh, having that authenticity, especially from a big company, 
a big company to get the small details right. Not just like, hey, look, right. hey, speak Spanish. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, mm-hmm. when someone goes, ah, pass me la agua, water. When they say something in Spanish yes. only to then again say it in English. Yeah, I, I feel like they do that a lot on TV shows, particularly like Jane the Virgin, I think. Jane does the this Virgin, a lot. all those do it a lot because it's just, it's terrible. Hello, it's the equivalent to hello, mother. Hello, daughter, my second eldest. Like, you, they just say things. This movie straight <laughs> yeah. up says lines in Spanish and expects you to be smart enough to know exactly what I'm talking about. If they, someone takes off their slipper and calls it the chancla, they don't have to say chancla slipper. They know what right. it is. I think. That was the beauty of it. So, yeah, I think in and of itself, a movie, don't listen to those ignorant Mexicans. Because, yes, I'll speak for the Mexicans and tell you, you know what? Some of them are ignorant and some I do believe are good people. But what I'm getting at is it doesn't matter if you're not Mexican or not. I see a bunch of movies with white people, black people, Canadians even. I enjoy them. And I think Mm -hmm. in and of itself, it's a good movie. But for the people who it's representing. Yeah, and I heard it's got... Uh, the equivalent of those first 15 minutes of Up in terms of crying is the last 15 minutes of Coco. Uh, did, did it hits you right there. The thing is, I, dusting in the theater the for you. The thing is, I knew it. Something just clicked, and I was like, "I think I know how this is going to end." And usually, that would spoil a movie. It just made me enjoy it like I was watching it for the second time. The first it just felt time. right. It just felt right. Yeah. So this is one of the better Pixar movies than I, in quite a while. It's special. Would you say? Since, like, Toy Story 3, since before then? Ooh, man, like, I think it's up there with Toy Story 3. And again, nice. maybe some of it is on my pers- on the personal side, but I would say I know with a bunch of the stuff with uh, John Lasseter and, and things, I still recommend going to go watch it and, and, and just, I don't know, I, I think it's very enjoyable. Yeah, uh, what you were mentioning is the whole uh, John Lasseter took a 6 months leave from Pixar of her... Uh, recent allegations of sexual, sexual misconduct. I just wanted to throw that in there because it's something that we're not going to get to in yay or nay in a little bit. Uh, he does have executive producer credit on this film, but uh, this is some people wanted a to boycott it. Because yeah, there were people talking about that, and uh, you know, this is a movie that is the work of a lot of different people. So uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, I right to uh, boycott yeah. just because of uh, Lasseter's association. We talked about this. Uh, do you know the name of the co-director who yes. is the I believe. It was his first film, and he is Mexican, uh-huh. uh, working um, on, alongside Lee Unkrich. I, I'm forgetting his first name, but his last name is Molina. It's A. Molina. Yeah. Andres Molina, some, something like that. Something like yeah, that, and yeah. And he's worked on a bunch of other Pixar stuff before, uh, co-writing, I want to say, and co-creating with the story and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and now he's getting his chance at co-directing oh, the feature. it is and... perfect. Yeah, that's one of the beauty th- That's why I said one of my videos, I was like, yo, the most Mexican movie of the year. Directed by a white guy. A white guy because this is the man. Forget his color. Color has no talent. This man, if you would have chosen a Mexican just because he's Mexican, Mm -hmm. and then the movie doesn't end up being that good because, great, he's Mexican, but that doesn't mean he knows how to craft a story like Lee does, right? That would have been dumb. Lee knows how to craft a story, and the man's smart enough that he got this dude to co-direct, and you can see it. They work together to make a a fantastic story. And uh, going back to the John Lancer thing, um, I know we always talk about like when it's a director's work, it's like their baby. I mean, this is like, like you said, especially in an animation, more than a live action movie. That is so many people working together. And this isn't so much a spoiler, but more of a heed for you to watch it and to not have this uh, detract from it. The ending of the movie, every Pixar movie ends with them telling you the babies, right? The Pixar babies and everyone who passed Mm -hmm. away, they dedicate the movie to them right at the end credits. Um, Obviously, the whole movie is about you need to have someone's picture in an ofrenda for them to be remembered in the afterlife. They put up a picture of every single person who's ever worked with Pixar, ever, at the end of the movie, they just all appear. And during the filming of the movie, in their offices, they had an actual ofrenda for anyone's loved ones. So don't, because of someone who you don't even know the entire case for, for someone who's taking a six-month vacation for this, you're going to boycott it for that? That's, yeah. no. Yeah, uh, the co-director, Lee Unkrik, who we were talking about before, I wanted to mention, he did also direct Toy Story 3, oh. which is my most recent favorite toy, uh, movie in the Pixar canon, so uh, you oh, got dope. very good pedigree going into Coco. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to catch up with that movie. Uh, Art, I also know you caught up with the movie, I shouldn't say caught up, because see, it's a sneak preview. Literally. I, I may have helped you arrange that you see one of the movies I'm most excited for. Woo. 
maybe months before I'm going to see it. Oh, my boy. Shout out to the boy. I'm Z- not mad. Shout out to the boy, Zach, over here. Gave me a little, little screening code to go see this movie called Phantom Thread. Now, if you've seen this trailer, some of you who are the film nerds out there are going to be like, I need to see this. Paul Thomas Anderson, The Goat's last movie in Daniel Day-Lewis. Yo. You have to go see this thing. DDL. So... so uh, he gives me the code. I go in there. I sign up. He's telling me. I'm like, bro, it says right here I need a guild card. I ain't got no guild card. He's like, don't worry about that. They never asked for it. I was like, all right, dope. Uh, as you know, for those of you who do go to advanced screenings, you got to wait in line for like two hours, right? So supposedly this, my name's on the list. I'm just going to walk up in there. So I drive to the city. Yeah, I go I go up there. I, I've never been to the state. It's one of the theaters in the city that I, I haven't been to. Go up a set of stairs. Go up another set of stairs. Go up another set of stairs because it's all the way up in a building. And I get there and it seems real quiet. I go up to this lady with a notepad. I'm like, yo, uh, there's still seats for that Phantom Thread screening or what? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, what's your name? And I'm like, um... My, name, my name's my Archer. name's Arturo Zarita. <laughs> she, she looks at her, he's like, ah, yes, there you go. I was like, ah, dope. Then she's like, but it didn't it didn't say what affiliation you're in. What affiliation are you in? I was like, I said, I said, I said, I said what? <laughs> she's like, what affiliation are you in? I was like, oh, I was, um, it was for a, it was for a, it was for a magazine. And uh, she's like, what magazine? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> A partner from the AV Club uh, send me a code for my channel to send it through. She's like, what's your channel? I'm like, the A to Z show. And she's like, okay. She writes it down, and I'm like, cool. Where do I go? And she's like, Theater 7. I was like, dope. I tried thinking of the only <laughs> other people that I've seen in screenings who have given it around. That was the AV Club, who I always get like the GoFobo screenings to. Yeah, I- I'm with them. I'm totally with <laughs> I'm them. Like, yeah, bro. Ask about me. So I run bro, through. you've got a big channel. Just... Embrace that. Listen, I am from the ATZ listen show. Listen to me. I go up there and I'm watching the movie, right? I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's so weird because I always see a movie with regular audi- regular audiences, right? Mm-hmm. And you can tell when their jokes go or a single or the themes or subtext or anything. So I'm sitting with these critics, room full of critics. And I'm like. Was it only critics? Was this one of the ones bro, that's closed? Just off to... critics, yeah. There were like two Ooh. rows available. Like I showed up right at two when it was when it was starting. They ain't that smarter than your regular audience, boy. What are you <laughs> talking about, man? I'll tell you this whole thing about there was a scene in the movie where I was just like, ah, and everyone else was like, huh? I'm like, <laughs> so, so you figured out the big secret? I that figured out the, are people. the big secret that critics just know how to say fancy words to hide the fact that they don't know what's going on in the movie. Bro, they were laughing at the <laughs> dumbest jokes in the movie, like the jokes that weren't even funny. That's what they were laughing at. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? You're laughing at the fact that he dropped tea, not the way that she offended her by using an innuendo that was brought up earlier in the movie? Y'all did. Bro, what am I sitting here with these buffoons? You're right. I am from the 80s. Each. I am from these critics' things. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Own it, man. The movie is fantastic. I am I'm not so going to say jealous. anything more until I watch it, until you watch it and we watch it together. I, I am blessed to have seen it this early. When you see the trailer, I'm going to tell you, the trailer does not do the movie justice. What was I talking about when we talked about three billboards? You think you know the movie. Then halfway through you go, but they didn't, they didn't tell me that in the trailer. And then the ending comes in. I was sitting in reclining seats. All right. This has happened yeah. probably like three times in the whole past year. Right, I'm not gonna say it's a whiplash moment because that would decay whiplash. But I'm gonna tell you, if whiplash is up here, I'm gonna add the ending to this movie up there with it. All right, Ooh. it is. It is sitting at whiplash's table because I went from, "Ooh, this is getting juicy." Oh no, no, what? And I just reclined the seat back more than I thought it would. It is the most. I I have not gasped in a movie all year. I've gone like, "Oh, oh," but I've never went, oh, "That did not just happen." Uh, man, I should, I, you don't know how much of me just wants to have come out to Chicago and seen this movie. I don't know what I'm going to see. Paul Thomas Anderson is probably my favorite filmmaker working right now. I'm paying now. again to watch that, it. I'm paying again to watch it. If he's your favorite, I, we, we had this discussion. I appreciate his movies. Mm-hmm. I love this one. This, this, are you saying this is top PTA for you now top, already? Top three. And again, I need to rewatch uh, his other movies as well. And, I, and yeah. I do think, uh, I don't think the performance is better than There Will Be Blood. <laughs> That's a masterpiece, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm talking. But you were telling me over Snapchat that uh, you think he should win the Best Actor Oscar, they do, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. They do close-ups, first of all, just because he's Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he have a movie? I don't know. I think he walked on set of a trailer. Give it to him. Um, they do close-ups on uh, when he's sewing and i noticed his hands 
he purposefully, I don't know what his routine was, did something to his hands to have a dressmaker's hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you know that story where they where in Lincoln, he had to return the jacket to the uh, set designers because he said this wasn't invented yet. This is not what he would have worn. In this movie, like, for rehearsal or whatever he did, he sewed enough that he has, like, what a dressmaker would have as scars on his hands very subtly to show you this man, like, the way he acts with his hands alone. That is not something that I tell you these genius critics were looking at. I was going, like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, this, this is the dude who, like, briefly retired from acting to, what, become, like, a shoemaker or something because he, he was perf doing the method thing for one of his movies. I, I heard someone say that he's, part of why he's retiring now is he's going to do dressmaking. I don't know if that's just some weird internet rumor. It sounds like it to me. It's crazy. But, man, the, the, he goes all and in And the characters are insane. The characters are insane. The whole back and forth between them two is fantastic. I cannot wait to talk about it more when you see it because that's just what needs to happen. I'm just saying it is one of the best movies of the year. Everyone needs to give it a watch because you do not know what's in store for you. Hype, hype, hype. Hyped it up I'm so hyped. All right. Uh, I saw a couple weeks ago, but now it's starting to make its rounds in theaters. I, Tanya. Yes, you do. Uh, this is the new biopic. Uh, that I believe is directed by Craig Gillespie, mm -hmm. and it stars uh, Margot Robbie as Tanya Harding, the infamous skater who uh, competed for the U.S. during the Olympics and has was involved in a infamous incident with Nancy Kerrigan, which uh, if you know it, you know it, and if you don't know it, you will know it. not believe <laughs> it at first. It's, it's one of those things where it's so surreal, it's hard to believe, but... Life is stranger than fiction sometimes, and I think this is a story that uh, does really get at the absurdity, but the, the, the interesting dynamics that are underneath the story mm -hmm. here. Um, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of interesting movies recently that talk about public figures um, do so in a way that sort of reveals the way that the media has largely shaped our view of a public figure and that it may not be as truthful to that person as it could be. And this is a great movie at showing how the reality is often a lot more nuanced and complicated than the absorbable media story. Uh, there's a very uh, one-note white trash depiction of Tanya Harding that has developed over the years and there's so much more to her story and it's told so charming and, and funny and with such texture uh, the characters here are really fully developed. There's a great performance, not just from Margot Robbie, who I expect to be nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars, but from Allison Janney playing Margot's, uh, playing uh, Tony Harding's mother, Lavana, just the nastiest woman, and, and the you know, imbue just purposefully imbuing the skill of ice skating on her daughter and scarring her along the way, and, and doing it in a just a bleak, hilarious style that Alison Jenny is great at if you've seen some of her mm -hmm. other performances. Uh, there's a really great performance here from Sebastian G Stan as yeah. Tanya Harding's uh, husband. And there's a couple other really interesting performances here too. I think this movie uh, sometimes reaches a little bit for dramatic weight. Okay. Uh, it tries to implicate, basically, it does that thing where it's like, and you're guilty too for watching. And I don't uh, know if it necessarily earned, earned it, okay. but it's a really enjoyable ride the whole way through. I laughed out loud while being engaged with the drama. So I, I think it's something that uh, whether or not you know the story well, it's going to be gripping and entertaining. It's, it's probably one of the favorite movies that I've seen all year. I definitely recommend checking out I, Tanya if it has expanded to your city. Oh, two questions. Yes. Uh, it seems similar because it's based off a true sports story with a crazy ending, uh, but obviously different in other ways in terms of tone, but it, it, comparing it to Foxcatcher. Right. Better or worse in your opinion? Or, I mean, they're both really good movies, but, like, which which do you yeah. prefer? So, it's, I would say personally. that I preferred, I, I personally, I feel like, I preferred yeah, I, I feel like I will too. Yeah, and, and like, not, that's not to... That's not to diss Foxcatcher, mm -hmm. which is a excellently made film with really great acting and just beautiful, beautiful cinematography, but it's not a pleasant experience. Okay. And Itania, Itania is a pleasant experience. Of an unpleasant Even, event, right? 
Yeah, and there's lot there's a lot of unpleasantness, but it's it's depicted in a way that feels more relatable and feels more human okay. and, and doesn't feel as bleak and and devastating as Foxcatcher did. I like Fox Foxcatcher. This movie is definitely more mainstream oh. and in a way that I I enjoyed. Question number 2. You say she deserves uh, an Oscar nomination, but we talked about yes. three billboards. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, oh, well, you haven't seen <coughs> the other one that should be getting a nomination, Mrs. Ladybird. But where yeah. do you see her uh, as a as a strong contender? Nominations one I, thing, I, but who are we talking about? Like, is she up there with the top two that usually end up going head to head? So, for, you know me. I pay a lot of attention to the yes. Oscars race. Uh, it is harder for a woman in a movie that she's dominating by herself uh, to get that nomination for Best Actress if the movie isn't really getting other things with it. Like, a lot of times you see uh, a Best Actress being nominated from a movie that's getting, like, five other Oscar nominations. And I don't know where Itania's five other Oscar nominations are going to come from. I think, I think, if anything, it's going to be just her. And I could see it getting overlooked, but I, th- I think she's going to make it. Um, I don't don't like the performance as much as the Three Billboards performance okay. from Frances McDormand. But, you know, Margot Robbie is an actress who I think has uh, captivated people uh, in various roles. She's shown her range in a few different movies. And this is a really great uh, example of what she can do, how she can be relatable, charming, funny, and dramatic. She, she's got range, and I think... Uh, this will be a good moment for her. With a lot of times, the Oscars like to crown like a young, up-and-coming actress. So, uh, I think this is the right kind of movie to crown her with. Do you think it'd be a split? Like, you know how the Globes kind of do like best drama and best uh, like comedy. I guess you're yeah, getting the comedy yeah. actress unless they end up deciding that Three Billboards is a comedy. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because there's a lot of movies that are kind of like riding that yeah. line. You know, get, we talked about the Get Out yeah, controversy exactly. uh, a couple weeks but that ago. That is a comedy, is not... though. Like they. S- they kind of pitched it as one as well. Yeah, but I mean, I would say that Three Billboards is a comedy, That's but I don't right. know if it's going to get nominated there. It's weird. And I would uh, also say that Lady Bird is a comedy. And I'm going to tell you right now, Saoirse's like, that's my favorite performance of the year right now. I don't think it's the best, yeah. but it's one of, it's my favorite performance. I don't know. Oh, well, you, It'll be yeah, you've seen Three Billboards yeah. and Lady Bird. Do you have a preference between those two lead actresses? Oh, uh, personally, I would like Saoirse to win because I think she's fantastic, but it's like it's hers to win like it's hers yeah it has to be yeah well uh let's get into some more award season discussion with the yay or nay when we look at the latest happenings in the entertainment industry and call me by your name get out and the florida project all took a couple steps closer to the oscars by coming up big in nominations for not only the independent spirit awards oh those are our awards as well yes uh the committees for these awards are excuse me uh, the committees for these awards are among the first to announce their year-end mm-hmm. accolades, which some people see as like an unofficial start to award season in Hollywood. Other I movies that is. got Best Picture nominations for these awards included Good Time, Lady Bird, I, Tanya, and The Rider. So, Art, are you yay or nay on the trio of Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, and The Florida Project as frontrunners heading into the Oscar That's season? That's so fantastic. To just, that, that, I would expect Call Me By Your Name, and I would expect The Florida Project... But get out to be on that table, bro. It's yeah. a Blumhouse film. Every we always make that video criticizing Blumhouse, <laughs> and then at the end of the year have to come out with another video about how either Whiplash and now Get Out, like they're becoming a force. They're becoming a force. Like, that man's a genius. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that's the that's the brilliance behind the Blumhouse model is that if you make, you know. 10 movies for $5 million and two of them are big hits, you look like a genius rather than spending all $50 million on one movie that's not so good. Bro, but now he's getting into territory of good quality filmmaking. Like one of those two Mm -hmm. films is one of my favorites of all time. Get Out Mm -hmm. is is like a lot of people's favorite for this year. I think that's fantastic to see Mm -hmm. it up there. I'm curious which ones will drop out because I feel like, and you may know the statistics more than I do, not all of these three Maybe two, maybe just one is going to end up making it over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I, I'm going to go yay on them being frontrunners as well. But oh, yeah. I did put together a quick list of other movies that are in contention. And you got Three Billboards, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, The Post. That's seven movies on top of the three Dunkirk that Cops I just mentioned. Dunkirk counts as an independent film? 
How does that work? Oh, no, no, no. These, these are just, I'm talking about Oscar nomination oh, yeah, 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 potential. Yeah. That's true, that's true. No, yeah, we still got a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, so to, to, to call these three movies frontrunners is, is kind of tricky, yeah. but you talk about, I mean, Get Out owned the first half of this year in terms of what, were the, what was the movie people were talking uh-huh. about. It was Get Out. Critically, audience, call, box office, all of it, yeah. Yeah. Criti- uh, and critically, Call Me By Your Name has okay. been a phenomenon. Okay. It's been the festival darling. That needs to get in now, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that beyond Call Me By Your Name, like also Florida Project is something that people Florida were really Project responding really to. Good. I wouldn't be surprised if that dies down a little. Just I feel like it's it might. Small movie. I feel like it might because if they're gonna have yeah. to pick between the other ones, um, I would really hate. It's not to hate on Florida Project, but if Florida Project makes it in and Get Out doesn't, to me yeah. it comes down. Call Me By Your Name is making it. There's absolutely no way it doesn't get nominated for best picture absolutely no way it doesn't get nominated for Agreed. score and my boy timothy charlemagne the god over here he's gonna get nominated i it has to be best actor i need my my man sufjan stevens to get a best oh, original no, song he nomination. definitely needs to get in there for a best original song break my heart during the oscar <laughs> ceremony with that yeah, performance he's gonna, no he's gonna get up there and perform for his award acceptance <laughs> yeah i love god and <laughs> Oh, but no, Call Me By Your Name, I feel is like the one that's making it. For, I'm going to tell you, as someone who saw it in January and it's still in my mind, like that's made, like the moment I hear, uh, the the moment I hear the chords that begin the movie, now that the uh, soundtrack is out, I would recommend listening to the yeah. soundtrack just completely. But the moment I hear it, I go back to that moment of watching it for the first time and I just want other people to watch it so they finally understand it. And uh, mm-hmm. I honestly think, my personal favorite performance of the year so far is from Timothy uh, Chalamet. Yeah, it, it's yeah. The, I've said it. He acts through the credits of the movie. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I, I'm with you in that I think Call Me By Your Name is all but assured. I'd like to think that Get Out is also all I but assured to. at this that point. Would be, it'd, it'd be a it's Mad Florida Max project moment. That I'm a, it'd be a motor, yeah, Mad, Mad, it, Mad Max moment just for it to be nominated so, as an honor. But, I mean, you look at Mad Max again, uh, it, that's a movie that... People were like, is this really going to get nominated? Is this really going to get nominated? And then the people just kept talking about it. So I think I think Get Out is in that position this exactly. year. Exactly. Great. Uh, Vanity Fair published a big cover story on The Secrets of Marvel yeah. this week. And in it are some juicy new Kevin Feige quotes. But the most interesting among them is a promise that the fourth Avengers film will show fans, quote, things you've never seen in superhero films, a finale. There will be two distinct periods, everything before Avengers 4 and everything after. I know it will not be in ways people are expecting. End quote. Art, yay or nay, are you buying Kevin Feige's hype on Avengers 4? Homie, I bought tickets for his last 17 movies. Of course I'm buying anything this man says. That is so interesting to look at it. A Mm -hmm. timeline, you're creating an era, and it already is in phases, but to create an era of, I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. That is Lord. Like, this man, uh, we were talking about the trailer, I know we'll get more into it, but that idea of, there was an idea. It's here. It is developing. And that idea didn't just start from, let's try to get something box office, as we've seen some other studios try to do. They were like, nah, I mean, we're making these, we've been looking over there. Yeah. They, the they, beginning. they had an end plan. They had a game plan. This is phase four, five, whatever it is of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they're just unleashing movie after movie that's building towards a really big moment. And look, I think that a lot of the Marvel hype machine is oftentimes bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times uh, studios in general say these things to get people excited. And then they give you something that's pretty much the same. I think this is different. I, I'm, I remain hopeful that Kevin Feige has a strong game plan here. And there's still a couple years between now and Avengers yeah. 4. When you look at all the new talent they're bringing in and, and how long they've kept certain talent around, I really would not be surprised to see a cataclysmic shift um, away from the Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo era of Avengers heroes and into the Captain Marvel Black Panther era. It, it seems like they have a strong enough following uh-huh. for any of their properties now that they don't really need those big stars the way they did. And if they want to keep just the characters around, it can be passed down. Yeah. You can get a new Captain America. Uh, dude, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm just very curious what it's going to be. 
One of the common opinions coming from the Justice League reactions were that the underwater Aquaman scenes were underwhelming, given some people's fears about the upcoming solo Aquaman movie. Uh, there's a little bit of concern. But Aquaman director James Wan said, quote, fret not on Twitter. He confirmed that there will be no, quote, air bubbles for dialogue in his underwater world. Art, yay or nay, does this make you more excited for the James Wan version of Aquaman than Justice League's version of Aquaman? I like James Wan. I'm a, I'm a fan of James Wan, and I want to say it's going to do good. I can't say that Furious 7 was my favorite movie even though i was excited to see how like he approached it and of course he got hit with something when it happened right like no one was seeing the death of paul walker coming in but i think he handled it well this being mm -hmm. different material him working with warner bros in the past i hope becomes he finally makes that one dc movie i know to many wonder woman was that but that one dc movie that i think universally everyone can be like yo now this competes like back in it and i think wonder woman did do that for a lot of people but i think Aquaman is such a different character that we've never really seen. There's like a much bigger sh Wonder Woman's established. When you think female hero, she's the first yeah. one you think of. Aquaman's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, I I, th I forget who it was. I want to say it was Richard Lawson on the uh, Little Gold Men podcast saying that, you know, for years everybody looked at the entourage uh, joke of Aquaman just being this joke superhero who was never going to get their movie. And Warner Brothers responded by making mm -hmm. a entourage version of Aquaman, <laughs> who's just as broy as all those dudes. Uh, I, I like James Wan a lot. I don't have a lot of interest in this property, mm -hmm. but I I have faith in him. I, he's yet to really put out a That's movie exactly that what I it is. thought was bad. So I, yeah, I'm more excited for his version than uh, whatever Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder melange we got in uh, Justice League. I'm done with Joss. <laughs> Over the weekend, BuzzFeed published a piece called 10 Long Years of Trying to Make Army Hammer Happen. How many second chances Leave does Army a alone. handsome white male star get? Uh, in this piece, they go into detail on the many different routes that Army ha Hammer's career has taken and all the different ways that the publicity machine around Army Hammer has tried to turn him into an A-list star. Uh, it's a piece that essentially is criticizing the system which allows white male stars to again and again get opportunities in Hollywood that are not necessarily afforded to other people. But are, are you yay or nay on this tactic for uh, acknowledging the issues in Hollywood by attacking Army Hammer, our delightful Army Hammer? You mentioned Entourage. Yeah. You saw the movie? Uh, actually, no, but okay. I've seen the series. There is an entire subplot in the Entourage movie where Army Hammer doesn't have to mm -hmm. have a job <laughs> and he keeps begging for a job and the whole movie he's being made fun of because he's this white privileged boy who just has money but everyone knows he sucks at acting and he's making fun of that the entire time. They, they find him somewhere and they're like, hey, Army, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you, you know, I uh, just take it out. He's like, you don't got a movie? He's like, no, I'm Army Hammer. Why would I have a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think that was like during a long break. That was a long too. break basically... when he had it. This was like after the Lone Ranger, or maybe before yeah. or after, somewhere around there with the Lone Ranger. Um, and then obviously after that, he started getting a couple of stuff like um, the one where the American played the British dude and the British dude played the American dude, uh, <laughs> Man, Man from, from Uncle, for whatever reason. That was a fun movie, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, no, he started doing a bunch of uh, indie movies basically and, after. Yeah. Lone Ranger and all his other uh, films didn't really bring him that stardom that a lot of people were expecting. Um, yeah, how do I put this? There's another similar case that's happening right now with Post Malone, uh, who I think is I think both of them share this this very welcoming, very friendly attitude, and they I I truly believe they are. I see them, and I see it in their performances as well. It's like mm -hmm. uh, you ain't the best, but it's like man, you're trying. Like you like really yeah. like he's trying, and you see him in the interviews and stuff. And he's I think he's legitimately a good guy doing things like that when he appears in movies to make fun of himself um i see this more as a hit piece because as i just mentioned this was the joke back when the entourage movie came out years ago <laughs> yeah this has, uh, it definitely feels this has like been a, a thing hit piece Th he was brought yeah. up i still remember reading the articles where it wasn't just him it was him and taylor kitsch i like them both i'm i'm a fan of taylor kitsch he's like my jai courtney in a sense He's terrible, yeah. but I want to root for Taylor because of Friday Night Lights. You know, I just see him as that character in Friday Night Lights, though, who's still trying yep. to get that chance. <laughs> exactly. Um, and to me, it's just, this this was a hit piece. 
Like, it, this has yeah. already been said before, but this was clearly, and I don't want to assume anything from the author, but when you were telling me that it was bringing up, like, personal things, and it's like, bro, this is like, yeah, this is a guy from Money, but your intent on this is like, I don't, you you know what I mean? Yeah, no, the, the piece is essentially criticizing Army Hammer for coming from Money and having stuck around, which seems like a really What's the point? To me, it's, this to just sounds like jealousy. This sounds like yeah. jealousy. What is he doing wrong? Once he does something right. wrong with that money, sure. Plus, and we're, we're at a moment in Hollywood where a lot of bad people are being expelled from the industry, mm -hmm. and for good reasons. Yes. And I think to sort of capitalize on yes. that moment... And, yes, and exactly. push it towards a guy who's honestly really done nothing wrong other than not being the best, most successful actor in the world. That's like, his bad thing. That's what like, it is. And he responded on Twitter before deactivating his Twitter account. Oh, really? Uh, essentially, yeah, essentially saying that the chronology of the piece is spot on, but the perspective is, quote, bitter as fuck. Uh, it, it's I. That's true. I'm for. I'm with him. It's just a really bitter way to look at the. You know. And he's not allowed what's to he say. What's he supposed to do? What's he, he supposed can't to do? even like, defend just himself. Quit after Lone Ranger because he. Oh, I guess that didn't happen. Got you know. God forbid, excuse me, God forbid that he want to try more than one role. And know? he it's, has. It's he crazy. went from Lone yeah. Ranger in these bigger stories now to like the smallest one where he played a gay character who I'm sure 75% yeah. of the male actors won't do it. And wait, whose roles is he taking? Because I know for a fact he hasn't taken any black people's role, Mexicans' roles, Asians' roles. You get what I mean? Usually that's right. the complaint, right? Oh, white people yeah. always second a role. Well, I guess nobody was going to do the Lone Ranger. <laughs> and, well, yeah. technically no one uh, can play him in Entourage. You get what I mean? Like, there's not even that yeah. to argue about him. No, totally. And I, I like you. I kind of just don't know why you would go after Army Hammer when you have a perfectly bad Jai Courtney right over there. Uh, we're almost out of time for yay or nay, so let's hit it with quick rough cuts first. Drive-in neon demon director Nick Reffin has a secretive Amazon series in the works called Too Old to Die Young. Previously announced that Miles Teller would play Ooh. the lead of the series set in the criminal underbelly of Los Angeles, but now Reffin has, de de uh, has unveiled the rest of the main cast by posing in a photo with nine headshots on Twitter. Uh, in it appears Billy Baldwin, John Hawks, and Jenna Malone alongside Miles Teller. Art, yay or nay, are you intrigued? I am. Too old to die I'm young? very intrigued on the fact that they've just swapped. Damien's like, I'll take your Ryan <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah. for your Miles. Trade, yeah, Tracy's. They're just traded. No um, No, nah, I'm always up for a Wind and Refn film just because I know I'm going to be like, what the heck am I watching? It's either going to be very yeah. like, what the heck is this? Or or just an experience. Like, to me, Drive is an experience. That like, We were talking about music right. earlier. Drive soundtrack comes on. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm wearing leather gloves, wearing that jacket with the scorpion <laughs> in my back, and riding off into the sunset. Uh, I'm excited. I think Miles Teller can can do what, uh, achieve what Refn wants. I've seen him in, in several movies recently where he's able to just act with his face, not say anything, which I know mm -hmm. is what Refn wants to do. And I like seeing Jenna Malone mm -hmm. back with him again. So it'd be really interesting. Yeah. No, it's cool that Jenna Malone is working with him again after Neon Demon, but I gotta go nay just because I have limited patience with Refn and the idea of following him for a whole series. Oh, it's a series. Like, uh, it's a series. If this was a movie, I'd, I think I'd be on board. But I can't really spend eight hours in Nick Refn's world unless I hear it's really good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll spend it uh, if he gets Rodriguez or whatever his name is to come back into the score. Right. Jude Law has been cast as Captain Marvel in the mentor role to Brie Larson's Captain Marvel in her upcoming solo superhero film art. Yay or nay, Jude Law alongside Captain Marvel. Sure. <laughs> Indifferent. Mm, yeah. I like Jude Law. You don't like Jude Law? I do. I think he's, I think he's a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, I'm... I mean, they're running out of big names to bring I see the Jude Laws as the male version of what's Pepper Potts? What's her name? No one likes her. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. I see, I've always seen him as the male version of Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. That's just, I don't know. I just wanted to say that. I've always, I don't know what it is about him. I feel like a lot of people hate him. I think there had something yeah. to do with, I think he married his nanny. He hired a nanny yeah, to marry her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or cheating scandal yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I think he's a good actor. I don't know. I, I it's I'm more for it than against it. All right, cool. I'm just for Brie. 
I just want Larson <laughs> the to The often it. delayed solo Gambit movie starring Channing Tatum is currently slated to hit theaters February 2019. That's a long way away. But the movie got a little closer to reality thanks to the announcement of Masters of Sex and Party Down star Lizzie Kaplan in the female lead. Art, oh. yay or nay, Lizzie Kaplan as a good fit for the Gambit universe. Bro, I've liked Lizzie Kaplan since Cloverfield, since Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm on that Lizzie Kaplan since Mean Girls train too. Uh, I think she's great, uh, and it's. I think she's fits well. Her attitude, I think, could fit think so. into a su- snarky superhero that, yeah. kind of universe. Uh, Kenneth Branagh will helm a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. He reunites with screenwriter Michael Green on another Agatha Christie adaptation. Death on the Nile. This one tie- Death on the Nile. Art, yay or nay? Are you back on another ride with Branagh's intrepid detective? It's an intriguing story, and I almost want to say no because it's like I barely got through the first one because I was like, it's so over-the-top theatrical. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm going to watch it, and I'm curious for what it is, but it's like, yeah. man, he's so over-the-top. Yeah, at Nay, for me, I've never really been a huge fan of Branagh's directing style. Okay, think, good, so it's not just me, for- yeah. Yeah, for for a mystery, it's much more better to be subtle, and he's very heavy-handed. And he's directing his, himself. Yeah, and he's directing himself. To do that. <laughs> whenever he whenever he does that, I am not so much a fan, so yeah, I, I'm going to go nay. Uh, uh, and our last one, Amazon, will have Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon hosting a New Year's Day Rose Parade show as fake morning TV show hosts. Art, yay or nay, this is how you want to spend your hungover New Year's yes, Day. Yes, 1,000%. Um, I like all of these mock mock interviews, mock interviewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still want Skyler, whatever mock his... Shows. That Skyler, whatever his name is. Do you remember that from the uh, from the oh. interview? Uh, James Franco, yeah. the guy who James Franco played, he needs to come back. Right. I'm waiting for him to come back, but they, <laughs> they're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm totally for this, too. I mean, uh, when you, there's not really much better to do on New Year's Day, and it's not like you're going to... You know, if you're lazy and watching, I like to be able to tune into stuff like the Rose Parade, mm-hmm. but I also want to watch something entertaining. And if I can get a little bit of both, that sounds perfect to nope. me. Uh, so I'm, I'm t- all for that. We head to our topic, of, topic the week. of the week. And it's the only thing people are talking about in film, Twitter, internet stuff right now. There's an age of, age of Ultron trailer for the new Avengers movie. Art. I know you have a firm no-watching trailer Absolutely stance. Not. I do not watch trailers until I realize I'm a hypocrite, and I just had to watch this thing. Now, <laughs> listen, when the thing leaked, it's different than the one that leaked that they played at Comic-Con, but it also is very, very similar because the, the one at Comic-Con just has some things that were shifted around. It starts with the actual end scene that right. was in this one, and the new trailer that they kind of cut has that at the end but it's still kind of similar for the most part i really wish they would have released the one from comic-con because i thought that one was actually like really really cool but mm-hmm. bro i had to watch this one i mean what 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 i love the most is that sometimes it feels like it's a year off it's not a year off mm-hmm. bro this is in may this is three days before my birthday i'm excited for this those promises we were talking about earlier that feige say, saying that fe- the fourth marvel movie is going to be so big that everything right. before it and everything after it is going to be a completely different timeline. Everything's it's going to be like I don't know AD, <laughs> one AD yeah. and BC. Like it's supposed to be that big of a split. I'm only going to believe that depending on how three ends. And seeing the Russo brothers, seeing the Russo brothers is why I'm really hyped on this. Mm-hmm. Captain America: Winter Soldier. I think it's a great movie. Don't love it as much as everyone else does, and I'm happy for them. But Same. that movie ended in a way where it's just like. Y'all had balls, like whoa. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, to this day, I, I still like one of my friends and I. We do. That's how we've been saying hi since that movie came out, right? <laughs> Civil right. War, as the trailer reminds you, ended in a way where there really was a split. In the new trailer, you see when Black Panther's like, "You need to bring him back." My boy comes like he just came out of a, out of a concert. Like he just went came out, listened yeah, to a Captain Foo Fighters or something. Yeah. All bearded, all bearded and, looking, and like, looking like a hipster, like he just came from a micro yeah. pub. Yeah, so if all of the movies that they've worked on so far have ended in a way that are completely, completely drastically different than how the movie started, now they have an Avengers movie. They already had an Avengers movie, it was just a Captain America movie. But now that they have an Avengers movie, I don't know how they're going to end it. And they're also doing four, so this is just going to lead up to be the build up for what's going to happen in four. 
and the four cannot have a big resolution that they're claiming it's going to have unless three has a really big buildup. And I'm telling you, some people need to die. I think Captain America needs to die. Storyline is he dies after Civil War. I think there needs to be something there. But it has to be more than that. It just can't be Cap's death. It needs to be like... It ain't my job. It's their job. And I hope they do something really good. But I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty pumped, too, in a way that I... I... I'm not normally for a lot of these movies. I mean, I think you have to do something pretty special, and it looks like they're really going to try to. Uh, and I, like we mentioned in our yay or nay segment earlier, I've got some faith that they're really willing to put some things on the line. I mean, the, you, you look at this trailer, and it's just so jam-packed with recognizable faces. It, they, this is really, this is the coming to fruition of a long held idea that if you can build up this universe you can make it so there's like all all these people that we already know and already have an investment in and you care about almost every character in this movie you, you're, there's going to be at least i'd say there's probably easily 30 or more people who we will like know by name and have seen on screen for 90 or so minutes at least before which is really unique and just as a as a unique thing in filmmaking. I, I think that's cool. I'm excited to see all this come to fruition. Uh, I don't necessarily think the movie itself from the trailer looks that interesting. If I, I mean, uh, like I, there's nothing in the trailer other than seeing all the yeah, people. Yeah, it's not your cup of tea. Exactly, hyped. yeah. Like, you want to see, like, what's the story? What's the thing they're going to have to it? Yeah. And it's more yeah. so just, like, <gasps> the Spidey sense. <gasps> Captain yeah. America's back. <gasps> Thor is talking. Oh, by the way, y'all should have seen it's Thor. There are too many cooks intro. Just like, let's catch up with all <laughs> exactly. Uh, y'all need to see the rest of the movies because it's only gonna be like, why ain't Thor got an eye? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm gonna be very curious to see how they all come together. I think they'll handle it very well because they've already proven they can handle it very well with Civil War. And they gave mm-hmm. me one of the best comic book scenes of all time with that airport scene. I can't wait to see what they do once they're here. Um, I'm or, I'm just any. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Any thoughts on Thanos? We got our first about, about, yeah, big about, go right into that. of Thanos because uh, you know they've been teasing him and teasing him, and you actually see the that big purple giant uh, Bruh, in, in pretty full frame in most of this trailer. I'm waiting for the memes, man. My man looks like Barney. It's like evil Barney <laughs> coming in to attack the world, but I love how they're setting him up. Because I feel like the whole, it's like, all right, superhero movies, beginning, middle, end, go fight the bad guy, then a little thing. But I'm like, this seems like a hunting movie. Thanos is counting. And I like, there's a shot that they show in the trailer where he's like, I got two. Where that other three before I smack someone right here. Right. And he goes and you see him trying to get visions and you see him, uh, I think with like, it looks like Loki giving him the Tesseract. And it's just like... It's going to be a countdown, and I feel like the ending to the first one is going to be this crazy battle. He's going to end up with the final one. It's just going to be his fist on the thing. And just It's going to end with... I really... they. You think that's how maybe that will be part of the cliffhanger is him getting access it's to a, the It's full... a cliffhanger. There's no doubt in my mind it's yeah. going to be a cliffhanger. That's what's going to leave everyone because they... It's going to be uh, Empire Strikes Back. They have throughout not one director have alluded to empire strikes back all the time it's clear that everyone who works on these movies adore that film it is clear Mm -hmm. that in the last one (laughs) they literally started it with the way that empire strikes back comes out remember uh or the way empire strikes back with with uh getting the atats at at or whatever you prefer to call them that's how they solve a big issue in the movie in the main fight they're always alluding to it they're going to allude to it in this next Avengers movie by ending it the same way that Empire Strikes Back with this huge reveal of something and this cliffhanger Hello. of like, oh my goodness, we're losing and the bad guys are winning. This is going to be, that's how it's going it, to, it's going to be with him winning. He's going to have the upper hand. Yeah, and, and that would be something that actually would justify some of this hype and, and justify all this talk of it being something different, something that's dramatic, something that really is pulling people back to the next mm-hmm. one. Uh, I do think Marvel had, you know, you think about the the history of franchise movies and, and stuff like this. The reason they don't do those dramatic endings, the reason why Batman never dies in any of the Batman movies, is they don't have enough infrastructure around them, just financially to support mm-hmm. it. You know, Warner Brothers isn't going to let Batman die and then make a Robin movie because they know the Robin movie's just not going to work yeah. as well. But Marvel has gotten to the point where I really do think... They Most do. of these people are expendable, uh-huh. and that's different. You know, 
Uh, you, when you watch these movies, one of my big fr problems with them is how non-expendable a lot of the characters are. They they bend over backwards to keep Nick Fury alive and somehow involved. They, they, it's just all this stuff done to try and justify keeping uh, keeping people around, keeping you occupied on the same five or six people. And now that you've got this huge cast and they've worked. of recognizable faces. Yeah. And they've worked. Uh, it, yeah, and, and you've got all these new interactions to, to uh, develop. The trailer ends with that fun little tag with, between Thor and the Guardians, which, you know, now that Thor is fully immersed in comedy... <laughs> no, now that I'm, Thor I'm has become Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for that matchup. Ugh. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's... I think there's a lot of exciting stuff yeah. there. For me, though, I don't know. If you're putting that much money and this much time into building your universe... Kill them all. If your big, Kill villain, them all. If your big villain is... But if your big villain's really gonna be this like pinkish looking rock I'm man, not, like, okay, yeah, that the, look kind of looks like the thing from Fantastic. Oh, Four. the thing looks ugly as can be. Yeah, no doubt about that. But I, this has been the patience to create this man, is yeah. admirable. Forget Ooh. Boyhood. Give me Thanos hood. This man has been building up since 2012, right? Like we're so quick to like get the get the main villain out there. It's like no, they've been teasing him since the beginning. That's cool. Even before mm -hmm. they showed him. They've been teasing the Infinity Stones, which were a part of him. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think it's it's really exciting to have this big payoff. And as you were talking about, uh, they never want to kill their characters because they haven't built enough. I think Marvel's built enough to be able to sacrifice one and be like, okay, we can afford getting rid of one of you. And mm -hmm. then, like, they, like, they finally have set it up where they can do that. Not have to worry about it financially, but doing that, I truly believe, builds consequences. Let's look at the only other superhero who ever did it, Logan, when Logan did it. That was insane. Like, that's one of the reasons why, it, spoilers if you haven't seen Logan, but I'm not really because you should have seen Logan. Yeah. The beauty of that is that um, I think that was just Fox that messed up. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, that's such a great story. But I think they okayed it on accident. They okayed it, they filmed it, they released it, and they're like, yeah, that's great. And then they were looking at their slate for next movies, and they went, oh, shoot. Because <laughs> <laughs> Fox is just dumb. Um, right. Marvel has had the patience to not do that early and then do something dumb. They have it. You brought up Furies is dumb. Uh, what's his name who's now in the TV show when he died in the first movie? You know, it's like... Oh, Clark Yeah, Greg, like, um... it, Coulson. Agent Coulson, like it takes away from that impact of that moment. Some people will say, no, you guys are the comic book fans who collect number one issues as if they're going to still going to make you money. Like whatever, right. <laughs> challenge me. We'll go at it. No, there is, there is a point in having a beginning and a middle and an end of a character. A lot of these characters don't yeah. have ends. If they start introducing ends to some of these characters, not just side characters, but big characters, I'm going to be like Marvel, you, ooh. And, it, and not only that, but like if you can... If you, for example, kill Iron Man or kill Captain America or just do something to, like, send them away or whatever, that not only becomes this big anvil of a story point that you can drop into the movie, but then that changes how people interact with the rest of the movies going yes. forward because then you have this knowledge, like, people oh, can die. shoot, people can people die. Can die. It's like... You know, it's it becomes The Walking Dead or something like that. The people are expendable, mm -hmm. Breaking Bad, Some or Game something. of Thrones. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones. That's the, probably the better. You example. brought up you're naming all these bad shows. Like, what would you do? Give us some more respect over your Walking Dead. It's kind of like a CW show. No, um, <laughs> you were talking about franchises, and I think yeah, they're very smart, and they've done little tweakings here and there, right? Let's make it. Let's make it this crazy comedy. Like, let's make it this suspense. Right. Let's make this this espionage thing. I think when they're mm -hmm. talking about uh, four being the big one, and that everything after four, you're just. I we don't know what it is, but I feel a lot of it's going to be in genre and tone. I think of the Fast and Furious franchise and how it became this rinky dinky car thing, and now it's this mm -hmm. espionage thing. They changed the entirety of the franchise. I think they're going to start making different movies and completely change what a superhero movie is. Because if mm. someone wanted to come in and be like, oh, I'm going to make a different idea of a superhero movie, I was like, who are you? Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm over here. I have established what superhero movies are. Praise you, Marvel. All right. You right. guys are listening because we have earned it. Now listen to this. And they now have the power to literally do whatever else they want. They have proven it. They have tested it when they've tried switching genres. And I don't know how they would do it. I don't know how it's even possible. But I think their big change is that what we think superhero movies are are going to be completely different when they completely change the genre in order to mm -hmm. continuously grow. They're going to Taylor Swift yeah, it. They're I mean, going to switch genres to continue <laughs> to become famous. 
The old Taylor's dead. The old dead. Taylor's this dead. Yeah. The old Taylor. Marvel's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you see with Fox putting out their trailer for that, like, scary X-Men movie coming out, uh, that, that there Fox are is the edgy that are, are, are willing to take a little bit of a risk yeah. with some of these superhero properties. And Marvel has so many cooking right now that, like... You know, for years there's this thinking that you can't do a big budget superhero movie that's R, uh, which Deadpool kind of erased because and Logan, like and, yeah. now they're and Logan too, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel starts to dip into that direction a little bit, st- dips into the genre the direction a little TV? bit. Bro, yeah. they smashing on TV, bro. I just finished watching The Punisher. Man, cheese grated someone's face like. They're doing it on TV. I can't wait to see. If and they... people are saying that The Runaways is one of the best Marvel shows. Oh, yet, on Hulu, and that's yeah, supposed yeah, to be very like like a teen drama almost. It's from the guy who co-created The OC. So I'm I'm interested to check that one okay. out too. Uh, one last little bit on the Avengers trailer. A lot of the movie or a lot of the trailer seems to take place in Wakanda. We haven't yet visited Wakanda because Black Panther is not He's out so yet. So cool. Does that does that chain does that make you more or less excited do you think it's a little weird that it's so black panther heavy even though we don't have black panther yet no, well i i'm completely fine with it because we get black panther in february yeah i they know and are already gambling i'm in it i don't even care y'all i'm in it 100 that we're all gonna <laughs> be like what kind of i want to move to what kind of that's what it's going to be yeah. So it only I mean, that definitely feels like a big yes. vote of confidence exactly in the Black because what movie and character that everyone's going to be so invested in it. All right, two months later, they are already new to make a place there. That Get back that there. they're just flexing. They're just they have so much confidence. Yeah, we're like we're just going to remain it here. And I'm going to be completely honest. That first Marvel shot was really cool because we'd never seen something like it. The Avengers around them. Then the yeah. second one. Was this crazy? Like, yo, how many characters? You remember that one from Ultron? It was like, yeah. it was like, uh, okay. Then the one from Civil War was cool because it's like, oh, they're facing each other, bro. Them looking like a rock band in the middle of the jungle, looking like some Lion King stuff. Black Widow's mm-hmm. got blonde hair. Your boy over here with the scruff, looking like a hipster band. It looks dope. I yeah. think the setting looks really cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, there's a lot to really be excited for uh, in this latest installment from Marvel. We'll talk about it more, I'm sure, in the months coming up to the film's release. We'll talk about Black Panther Mm -hmm. when that movie is finally out. Uh, But for now, oh, well, let us know also in the comments if you've got any excitement for Marvel, if you've heard of these Marvel movies, whatever, these little rinky-dink Marvel movies. These little tiny independent films that are out there. Nominated (laughs) for a Spirit Award. Yeah, no, let us know what what characters you're most excited to see interact. Uh, like I said, I really think the interactions between Thor and the different Guardians that, are going to be a lot of fun. That's going to so. be the cutaways in the movie from all the tenseness. Since they're up in space, it's yeah, a perfect cutaway. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, now we move on to our final segment of this and every week, New to See. The new in theaters, it's kind of a lot of limited releases as we're getting to award season movies that are opening in uh, big cities and then slowly expanding in limited release this week we have The Disaster Artist this is the new James Franco comedy that is a uh, retelling of the making of The Room perhaps the worst movie ever it's I, you I saw, saw this you one saw I, yeah I, this one is pretty hilarious I'll be seeing it this weekend I, I gotta say you're seeing it I'll this weekend cool so I'm, I'm excited to catch up with it with you uh, it's surprisingly well I, I you know you hear about a premise of he's trying to tell the tell it tell the making of the worst movie ever and you feel like there's going to be a lot of playing up stupidity playing up sort of awkwardness yeah. and th- it's a much more interesting character study than i anticipated it being it like to be. i feel like i got some insight into tommy wiseau the guy who uh, the movie, directed yeah. the room and it got some insight into the, how it's like to be involved in a production like that. Because we often find ourselves watching uh, bad movies and thinking like, how did they do this? How did they agree to it? Why did they think that was a good idea? And you don't think about how stressful it can be on set and how little direction you can be getting and how few op- or, or how uh, uh, demanding the director is. I think this is a movie that really gets, obviously because Franco has that knowledge, it really gets how movies are made and how movies can be poorly made. Yeah. Uh, and just some of the intera- personal interactions uh, on set that I think we haven't necessarily seen in this light in mm-hmm. movies before. And it also really just, kind of, I think 
it's a weird tribute to the room and what makes the room so memorable. I mean, I'm not one of those people that loves watching bad movies, but I, I, it made me more. It gave the room a more special place in my heart. I think I agree. at least. So I'm excited for you. You see it as a love letter that he made for him, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely loving. I mean, it's not all positive, obviously. No. If it wasn't, the then yeah, that would be that would not he's be a bit of a joke. Yet. But it is definitely a loving tribute to Tommy. Wiseau I'm, I'm and, excited for uh, it. My, all, yeah. I got a bunch of friends we we saw it the past weekend, so it'd be very interesting. The room. Yeah, because none of us had fully seen it. Nice. So when it ended, we were like, "What? Yeah, what?" <laughs> yeah, and there's going to be some double double features of the disaster and the room. Should be yes. Uh, so I'm sure if you if you can try and find one of those screenings, that will be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that's really, I, I yeah, something that's great in the disaster artist is that they do a lot of like showing you the real movie oh, for real? and then showing you, yeah, it's it's really fun. Okay. It's really fun the way they do it. Um, another movie in limited release is Woody Allen's latest Wonder, Wonder, Wheel. Wonder Wheel, which has been getting panned by a lot of critics. Uh, the movie stars Kate Winslet, Justin Timberlake, and some others. Also in limited release, I believe in New York only, is the latest Guillermo del Toro film, The Shape of Water. I'm trying to check this one out this weekend because I didn't get a fancy sneak preview screening. Uh, But I'm super, super hyped for this one. Also out in release this weekend, Love Beats Rhymes, directed by RZA. It's an uplifting movie about rap, slam poetry, and true love, starring... Jill Scott, Method Man, Common, and Azealia Banks in the lead role? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know where this movie came from, but it's I out this weekend. I can't weekend. wait. <laughs> uh, Gangsterland, a movie about Al Capone and Associates, and Another Wolf Cop, yeah, the I sequel think, to Wolf that's Cop. Not, I never saw Wolf Cop, but I love the name Another Wolf Cop. Another Wolf Cop. New to VOD earlier this week, we got Logan Lucky, the latest film from Steven Soderbergh, the comedy starring Adam Sandler, not Adam Sandler, Adam (laughs) Driver and Chatting Tatum alongside Daniel Craig. Uh, You thought this one was good? I I think it's a really good rental. I saw it in theaters, thought thought it was good, but I think it's better to watch at home. Nice. Uh, Tulip Fever also came out on November 28th, the long, long delayed movie. And I do, until I don't, the Lake Bell romantic comedy. Yeah. I love Lake Bell. I did a, not love this oh, movie. Oh, really? Dang. Yeah. What's it about? Yeah. It, uh, it's a romantic comedy that's sort of about how marriage is sometimes hard and people don't always stay so happy. So every Lake Bell movie. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's good, though. I mean, no, it's not. <laughs> it, it's all right. It's a decent one. It has moments. It, it feels like it's two movies Netflix. trying to compete with one another. It's a Netflix stream. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait for it. Though. Yeah, it's a lazy Sunday Netflix Aye. stream. What's your pick for the week, Art? My pick for the week, uh, I got a couple of ones. If you are out in theaters, I'm going to re-recommend Lady Bird. Been working on a video for it. I've just completely fallen in love with it all over again. So if you want to go out in theaters, definitely check out Lady Bird. And like I said, if you want to go something for your whole family, then definitely go and watch Coco. Skip the first uh, 40 minutes, which is the trailers and whatever else. <laughs> if you are at home, though, yeah. um, The Punisher is a high recommendation that I have. Fully enjoyed oh, yeah? it. Uh, finished it up. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, really good show. I feel like there was something else that I watched, but I can't think of it at the moment. So I'm just going to say, there you go. Go to the theaters, watch those two. If not, stay at home and watch The Punisher because it's pretty good. All right. Uh, I am going to recommend for people who are... In New York, LA, I want to say maybe Chicago too. Some of the big cities that they check out the disaster. Oh artist, yeah, if that is around over here. this weekend, uh, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's very funny uh, and it has more heart than you're expecting. Oh. But for those of you who don't have access to the disaster artist, there is a great movie on VOD that I caught up with uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, and that is Good Time. This is yeah, the I need film to. from uh, Josh and Betty Safdie that stars Robert Pattinson. It is a movie that's set in New York and set around a bank heist of sorts. It's a visceral shot of energy. I was not expecting how how much this is just a, a jolt of a movie that it just throws you into the action and lets you sort of panic alongside the characters. Oh. I love movies where they sometimes, they throw you into the middle of something happening and just show you how the characters deal with the repercussions. Uh, it's a, got a really, really, really great performance from Robert Pattinson. If you don't think that's possible, please watch no, this No, I believe it's possible. I a, believe it's possible. That dude is a hell of an I actor. Th- I do think he is, yeah. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, a really great supporting performance from Benny Safdie, the co-director mm-hmm. also, 
which is that's a, interesting. An interesting little tw- yeah. yeah. Um, but it was one of my favorite movies of the year so far. It's really, really cool. I would definitely recommend you it check out. it out. And please let us know what you, thought. what you think of all the movies that we recommend on The Intercut. You can let us know by interacting with us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at IntercutPod, or leaving us a comment here on YouTube where we upload our podcasts weekly. Uh, you can follow more from me, Zach Shevich, by checking out my Twitter, Zshevich, or on Instagram, also at Zshevich, and check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show art. Where can people find more from you? You can find me in Chicago, Illinois, address number, no, I'm just kidding. You can find me at the A to Z show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube. Uh, it was interesting, Ooh. at the at the end of the screening, they were asked of uh, Phantom Thread, which I also highly recommend you go check out in a month, you peasants, uh, was that... <laughs> I'm just going to be flexing on the fact that I saw the movie. And the moment you go in, I'm going to text you what happens at the end. Uh, uh, check check out our at your local sneak yeah. preview of movies that are out yet. <laughs> it was interesting because at the end up. of it, they were asking us for lines. I didn't get an embargo to sign or anything, but Ooh. they were asking us like what you thought of the movie, right? And she was writing mm-hmm. down exactly what it was. Now, I rushed out because my parking was about to be invalidated. I ain't about to get towed because it was in a tow zone right after 4. It was 4.05, so I rushed out of there. But I thought... Yo, what if I would have said something, right? That was so good because this is the representative, like, because you know you always wonder, like, critics rave, and it's like that critic don't even got a review out yet. Where do they, <laughs> where do they get those snippets from, bro? From right yeah. there, yeah. So it's like I would have been like, what do you think of the movie? I would say it is the most sensual ending Anderson has ever done to date. And then a month from now, I'm watching the TV spot, the most sensual ending. Our tours are there. I would have been like, what? Man, oh, I'll be I'll be even more upset. That with you would have been insane. Right that, that I, I am a part of Phantom Threads, Threads marketing. Oh, that would have blown me away. Don't worry, I didn't <laughs> I didn't give my testimony that time. But man, yeah. next time, next time, next time. Next time. Anyways, you can find me at the A to Z show. And if you don't want to talk to me personally, you want to talk to both of us. And you can find us here on the Intercut. Yes, you can listen to new episodes of the Intercut podcast every week on SoundCloud, and hey, we're on Apple Podcasts. That's official. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. That stuff really, really really helps our show. And uh, also subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're getting a little bit, getting building that subscriber base up, gonna get you going. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like our Facebook page, like our Twitter page, follow us on Instagram, do all that stuff to keep up with us throughout the week. We're always putting out stuff that Art and I are doing independently and together on those streams. So uh, it's really helpful if you can check those out. But thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, anyone can make a movie, but not everyone should. Amen. (laughs) Ratatouille.